Hello and welcome to Agape Latte. Agape Latte is a storytelling series for students that features personal stories delivered by a faculty member, staff member, or administrator at the University of Dayton to share lessons about their intersection of faith and everyday life. Presenters use story sharing to help students explore how their passions, strengths, and gifts can be used to make the world a better place. Listen with an open mind and heart to hearing God working in your life and in the lives of others. This was a lot more uh, not terrifying when there were only like five people in the room 20 minutes ago, so that's good. Um, yes, uh, as I was introduced, my name's Stephen Fowl. Um, I'm an engineer by day, grad student by night, and I do things like this occasionally for fun whenever I am asked, even though this is the first time I've ever done something like this, so I really can't say uh, whenever I'm asked because this is the first time, so... Um, a little bit just about myself. I graduated in December of 2020 from UD uh, with a major in mechanical engineering, so like right in the middle of COVID because that was fun. Um, I lived at, in two different faith houses, which I'll talk about tonight, uh, 421 College Park and 1903 Trinity. I see some of the Trinity girls here. Um, and yeah, I lived in Stewart my freshman year, did engineering, did a bunch of different clubs. Um, was in the Eagle Scout fraternity while I was here on campus, ran it with uh, this guy over here in the back um, at one point. So um, I'm really not that far out of UD, so I hope that I can give some words of wisdom, um, some experiences that I had at UD that maybe whether you're a freshman and you still have most of your college career ahead of you or you're a senior and about to graduate and maybe you can take some thoughts and lessons into the adulting world, as we love to call it. Um, so if you didn't see my flyer, the title of the talk is Running the Race Together. Um, so college, and especially at UD, is all about relationships. Um, whether it's friends that you live with, classes, professors, people you meet in the community, um, just anything and everything, we're constantly around people. And so I wanna to talk tonight about how being around those people all day, every day through a wide variety of things can hopefully help you grow your faith life, help you navigate life, um, the big decisions, and all that fun stuff that comes along with it. Um, so who has heard of the Shroud of Turin here? Anyone? Oh, wow, a lot of people in the back, so. Um, the Shroud of Turin is this piece of, piece of cloth that has the image of Christ's face on it and is claimed to be the burial cloth of Christ. And so we have this picture of Jesus and Jesus is the most imaged man in all of history, right? You see him all over churches, buildings, murals, statues, social media, anything and everything. And you might see his face, but really why does it matter if we know what Jesus looks like unless we know who Jesus and who God is as a person in our relationship with him. In college, you might be sitting around with your roommate one night and someone might say, hey, like, do you know so-and-so that I have this class with? And you might have seen them one time in your life 
at the RecPlex or at an event like this, and you can say, yeah, I know who you're talking about, maybe. But it really doesn't mean anything, and they can tell you some cool story about the person, and it has zero meaning to you because you don't know who the person is. But maybe you'll get a chance later on to meet them, and you can actually form a relationship, and it can grow into something completely different. And then when someone says, hey, do you know Matthew Hildebrandt? You can be like, yeah, I lived with him for two years. Like, my boss told me, hey, I'm interviewing this guy, Matthew. And I'm like, oh, I live with him and had a great conversation before Matthew had a job interview at the place where I work. And I had a similar experience freshman year of college. I lived in Stewart. I took 8 a.m.s because I didn't know better. And so I would go, so I would go to VWK every morning and eat breakfast. And there was always this guy in the corner right by the cashier with his hood up, his laptop up, just sitting there eating his breakfast. And I saw him like every single day for two semesters. And I had no clue who, who this man was aside from he looked like he just came from the gym and he walks down Stuart Hill 20 feet in front of me every single day. And that was my only experience with him. And then fast forward two years, he got to be my roommate. <laughs> and I learned that he was at the gym every morning because he was just loved to lift every single day at like 4 a.m. And I got to get a relationship with him and I got to grow with him over two years and I'm still friends with him. I was hanging out with him on Saturday in Cincinnati celebrating a friend's birthday. And it means so much more when you can see a person's face and you have a relationship with them and it means something. And hopefully you can apply that same principle to your relationship with God of you might have this picture of who he is, of who God is, but it really doesn't mean anything until you form a real relationship through whatever means. Callings, you know, everyone who's the callings leaders this year. Or, you know, retreats or Catholic life. Or maybe you help run Agape Latte. Or maybe you're a full-time campus minister like some of the wonderful people here tonight. With that, I want to tell three different types of relationships in which we can grow with ourselves, grow with God, and grow with those around us. The first being one-on-one -on -one relationships. Maybe it's your direct roommate, a significant other, a spiritual director, a professor who you're best friends with, even though no one ever wants to admit they're best friends with a professor. <laughs> the second kind of relationship is a small group. So maybe it's the people that you live with or your intramural team that you play with or the retreat team or the, you know, whatever it may be. And then the third is a larger community. So maybe the whole University of Dayton, your hometown, the United States of America, the world, there's something. You know, how do we place ourselves in this larger context of everything? Because it can kind of get lost and messy. So I want to start small and grow big and start off with one-on-one -on -one relationships. And for me, that experience came through peer discipleship ministry while I was at UD. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's this program um, run through campus ministry where you have scripture and it's six weeks and there you have a little passage every single day except for one day of the week and on that day you meet up with someone and you talk about the passages and you know there's questions you just talk about the passages whatever and it can you know sometimes you only talk about the passages and sometimes you can get on a tangent and just have a conversation about life and I got to do that starting in the spring of my junior semester because a lot of friends had been bugging me to do it, and I eventually signed up to do it. 
And part of this is you have to pick someone to journey with for the six weeks. And you know, it's kind of a tough thing because you could pick a total stranger, you could pick your best friend, you could pick someone you kind of know. Um, and I decided to pick someone who lived on my floor freshman year, who I kind of knew because he was in the Eagle Scout fraternity with me, but I really didn't like him that much because he was kind of a jerk at the time, freshman year. And I figured, you know what? Maybe we can be friends and give this a second chance. And, you know, I knew he was Catholic and he went to Mass sometimes. And, you know, maybe we could have a good conversation or two. And if it was that, then fantastic. And if we became best friends, then that would be even better, even though I didn't think that would happen. Well, fast forward three years. We cook dinner together every single week. We run an Instagram page for fun because we have nothing better to do on Tuesday nights. And we hang out all the time. And it all started with just sitting down for an hour a week and talking over scripture. And the theme that semester is this book. Um, well, each semester you do it, there's a theme to the booklet. And the first semester you always do it is being a disciple of Jesus. And I've done that booklet three times now. And that was my first time doing it. It just kind of talks about the New Testament and what does it mean to be someone who has a relationship with God or maybe doesn't have a relationship with God. And it taught me a lot of things about my own prayer life because it was the first time that I really rooted myself in Scripture every single day for some substantial amount of time. And the three big things that I grew and that I still apply almost every day in my faith life is it held me accountable because I had someone to sit down every week and talk about it. And if I didn't have the chance to talk about it or get the chance to read it, or my partner didn't get the chance to read it, then we're like, well, let's push it off another week so we can give it a conscious effort and we can actually like have a real conversation. So it was held me accountable. The second was that it had a very structured thing. You know, sometimes people say, oh, well, just go read the Bible. It's like, okay, this thing is like 3,000 pages. Um, where am I supposed to start? Because you could find a really good passage or you could find some weird passage that's like in the middle of the story of David and you're like, what's going on? Um, and it, you know, gave me something to ease my way into the Bible and scripture in you know, a way without getting lost. And it kind of structured as well. It had questions and reflections and it has historical context and things you can learn about. So that way you're just not lost in the sauce on your own because that's really easy to happen. And the third thing is that taught me how deep scripture can be, whether it's the Bible or spiritual readings or books you know, just about the saints or anything. Like I mentioned, I did the first booklet three times over the past three years. And I did it again last semester. And I was thinking, these are the same passages with I'm pretty sure the same questions. Like, how much am I going to be able to get out of this? You know, it's a different person every time, but I'm pretty sure, you know, they're only like a chapter maybe each week. So like, how much can I get out of it? And while I sat down at the end of last year and I looked through all three, and turns out I got different things out of each different time I did it. And it shows that every time you go back, you're in a different season of life. You might be dealing with a breakup when you read it the first time. You might be you know, just graduating college and starting a new job. 
You might be in completely different stages of life, but you're reading the same passage and you've built that different experience behind you every single time. And you might be able to come back to it with a new perspective and see it in a new way every single time. And the biggest thing I took away from it is that, like I mentioned, I'm best friends with this person now. And never would I have thought that the dude who lived on my floor freshman year that I wasn't a huge fan of, I'd be hanging out with like three times a week now, you know? And it's pretty crazy because we had a great place to start. We had an intentional conversation an hour every week, you know, and maybe it doesn't have to be over scripture. Maybe you can go bowling at the hangar, which is, you know, probably one of the coolest things to do on campus, but no one ever does it. Or maybe you can go play racquetball in the gym or just go get coffee somewhere. And if you start somewhere, you can maybe grow it and it's gonna be awkward at different points, but it'll get you somewhere and maybe you'll learn some lessons and grow with a close friend. And the thing that just came to me this past weekend when I was uh, prepping for this was last week, I I still do peer discipleship ministry as a grad student now um, with another grad student. And last week, the whole passage was on conversion and the conversion story of Paul. And it made me think about the fact that this person that I journeyed with, I really wasn't friends with. And that I was like, let's give it a second chance. Maybe you can learn to forgive and forget the couple weird, mean things he might have said, and you can move on, and you can grow, and you can have a great relationship. And if you can open up your relationship just a little bit to let God in and start somewhere, you can, you know, was it a mustard seed grows into the biggest tree of them all? You might be able to grow that relationship into something great. So the second type of relationship I want to talk about is small communities or groups. For me, that was the houses I lived with. I lived with six other guys my junior year and nine other, well, 10 other guys my senior year. And it was a lot of people and a lot of experiences and a lot of energy. And that's where I found it. And maybe you'll find it with, you know, your intramural team or something, but it can be anywhere across campus. And so going into junior year, I was living with this guy that I saw at the uh, VWK every single morning and a couple other guys that I kind of knew. But when we moved into our house junior year, like move-in day, it was the third time that we had all been together. And we're about to shove ourselves inside a house for 16 weeks and hopefully something good and productive will come of it. And something great did come of it because we decided to live together senior year and we still talk to this day. We have Zoom calls. We have one on Wednesday night to catch up about life. And moving into that house, it was, you know, a very weird experience because I was the very last person to get added to the house and everyone just seemed like they knew what they were doing. I moved in and everyone had the clubs they were in and had like their faith life locked down. We were in a faith vocation leadership house, which if you have questions, you can go talk to Elizabeth Montgomery in the back. She can tell you more. And I was just like, I was just blown away. I was like, wow, these dudes have it together. And it kicked my ass into gear because I was just like, well, I want to be a good person, a cool guy like my roommates. 
So how can I do that? And it started off with just having dinners together. We'd play spike ball in our living room together. We'd go to the rec and play basketball. We would sit on the front lawn and give our roommate a buzz cut and yell at people if they wanted a free haircut too. We did anything and everything from scripture to the goofiest stuff on planet Earth. And being in that environment, being in a place where I could sit down and have a conversation with a group and then as well as individuals one-on-one, it kind of opened my eyes because moving into that house, I really didn't have a whole concept of what my faith life was to me. I would go on retreats and I'd attend things like Agape Latte and go to Mass, and that was about it. And it was my faith life was very structured around things that campus ministry put on, which is great because it you know, helped my faith along for a very long time. But at a certain point, moving into that house, I was like, well, I have to make something of it on my own. And if I really don't, then what's the whole point of doing all these things? And the biggest thing for me was just sitting down and talking to my roommates and learning about them as people and hearing about how they live out their faith life and how we all applied it individually and together. And then moving into senior year, I kind of had a better grasp on it. I did peer discipleship ministry, which kind of like helped me along a little bit, made me a little bit more independent, gave me a crutch to walk on. And then moving into 1903 Trinity with the same guys from junior year, plus a few new guys, it was a completely new experience because it was now a house where not everyone was Catholic like me. And, you know, not everyone got along. And in a house of 10 people, you can go four or five days without seeing someone. And you kind of forget you live with them until you walk out of the shower one morning. You're like, yo, what's up, man? And you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, I live with you. (laughs) And having this group of guys that was kind of fresh from the previous year and adding new guys to the mix, it reinvigorated, you know, what my faith life meant to me because it added something different. I got to be a confirmation sponsor for one of my roommates who wasn't Catholic. And I never would have expected that because we bonded over going to the grocery store every week. And then one week he was like, hey, you want to be my sponsor for RCA? And I was like, "Uh, sure. Like, I don't know what that means, you know? And it gave me a completely different perspective and gave me a chance to learn about my faith in a new way from people that, you know, had completely different experiences. And then also came along with that. It was a great opportunity because we would host mass or art prayer or praise and worship or just prayer nights in the chapel we had. And we'd pack the house and I'd get to meet people I had never met before and talk to people that I might have met once before and just learn about all these people who were coming to our house because apparently they thought God was cool and they're like, sure, I'll come over on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. And the three big things, and I kind of borrowed these from a talk I went to last week and heard, and I was like, this is genius. This puts into words everything I know about community. Um, The big three things from that experience were that I grew a community of people. Sometimes you might hear it called your found family. And I feel like UD is a really beautiful chance to do that. You have 
endless opportunities to meet new people. I'm, I was still making friends with people senior year that I'm now best friends with that I didn't know a year ago, really. And those relationships provide three things. One is it provides an opportunity for people to kind of act like bumpers in a bowling alley of sometimes they point you in the right direction when you're varying off course. And you might have a question or you might have some, you know, big dilemma in life and you sit down or you call up a friend, you have an opportunity to talk with them. And if they truly know you from that community experience and being your family, maybe they can speak some truth into your life and nudge you along in the right direction. The second thing is that, and I kind of hit on it, I hammered it home, was that diverse opinions and experiences and lives are around you. You know, I never thought I would have lived with a guy from China, but I did. And he came home with me for Thanksgiving senior year. And I'm sure my parents never thought that when I went to school in Ohio, I would bring home a friend from China for Thanksgiving. You know, it's something completely different. And the third thing is that it allows an opportunity for you to become fully known by someone. And, you know, college is a place where you grow a lot. And the person you're, you are freshman year is not the person you are senior year in most instances. And you grow and change a lot. And, you know, maybe your parents, you know, might have a different relationship with you at the end of college than at the start. Or your friends from back home in high school. But when you have an opportunity to spend every day with people and grow every single day, it opens up an opportunity for people to really get to know who you are and grow real, like authentic relationships. You know, there are guys that I know now that are like real friends of mine that I will fly across the country, take a day off of work just so I can go hang out with them. And I think when you have that opportunity to you know, grow a real relationship and, you know, share life together in whatever way you find best able to do it with others, then it opens up a whole world of opportunity. So the third kind of relationship I want to talk about is what I dubbed in my notes global sacraments. Because you can go about your daily life and you can, you know, do your classes, do your clubs, talk to your parents, do all these things. But, you know, you might open up Twitter and see the news one day and you're like, well, like, where do I fit into this whole wide world? Sometimes my mom will call me and just be like, so what do you make of this headline? I'm like, um, I don't know. I haven't given it thought yet. I just woke up. Um, and so trying to find a place to put yourself in this global context of the world, um, and I found that in traveling to go see those friends that I made in college. And one thing I made an intention of last year, whether it was to go down to Savannah to visit a friend or going on bachelor parties or just taking a vacation on my own, was to always go to mass on Sunday morning. And it's great and it's weird and it's different because because it can be very easy to fall into the habit of, well, I'm going to go to church at this time, at, you know, on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and I'm going to sit on the left side of the church 
in the fourth pew in the middle and you know I'm going to sit next to this person and I'm going to hear this priest say mass and sometimes it can make God and your faith and you know you know that community very small and for me traveling last year and going to mass in different churches and communities it kind of you know made me feel like out of place because I was like, I've never been to this church before. Maybe I'm taking someone's like regular pew seat when I sit down, you know, like, and you know, eight weeks into class and someone sits in your chair in your history class and you're just kind of like, well, where am I going to sit now? And then you sit down and you feel like you can't pay attention all class because you're like that kid's sitting in my chair. (laughs) And, you know, it's kind of weird how like habits like that can just throw off your entire day. And, you know, experiencing all these different, you know, communities, but it was always the same thing. It was always mass, you know. I knew what to expect and, you know, it, you know, felt comforting at the same time. And it kind of made me think about, you know, you know, who is God? Because I'm used to going to church at 11 a.m. on Sundays and, you know, hearing Father Satish say his homily. And when it's different, it kind of, you know, gives you different opinions. And you might hear a homily on the same gospel that, you know, your priest back home would say, give the same homily as last year, but you're going to get a new perspective this year. And with that last year as well, I started going to daily mass throughout the week. And it was just like something that I was talking about with some other young adults. And I was like, you know what? That'd be good for me. I should start working out in the mornings and going to church because I'm an adult and I can do that now. Um, You know, I don't wake up at 9 a.m. to go to class anymore, which is great. Um, And I was going to mass for probably like three or four months. And, you know, through the whole time in college while I was growing my faith, I would still go to mass, but... You know, you know, it wasn't really the center of my faith or really had a big impact on me. And, you know, as a Catholic, you know, Mass is, you know, the center of our faith, you know. It is one of the most important things. I can still remember Father Ted having dinner with us senior year saying how the highlight of his day was saying Mass that morning. And that just blew me away because there's something beautiful to be found in it. And... It probably took me three months of going to daily mass until like it really hit me when the priests at the church I go to daily mass at had COVID. And so, you know, there wasn't mass for two weeks. And I woke up and I was like, damn, I can't go to mass this morning. Like, what am I going to do? And so, you know, it kind of felt weird. It felt out of place, just kind of like disrupting your normal routine of going to church a different place. And it, you know, I didn't realize what I had until it was missing. And it gave it a whole new meaning. And, you know, going back to Mass after that two-week break kind of like really centered me in on praying the Mass every single time I was there. And it kind of opened my eyes of what it can be of, you know, 25 minutes at 7 a.m. I might be tired, but it can really be a rock and a foundation of my day. And it can really impact me for that day and that week and going forward. And so the quote that a friend sent to me that made me think of all of this 
was I'm going to read for everyone. And it says, we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all of our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. I'll read that again. We shall not cease from exploration and the end of all of our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. And I don't know when I got that quote. It was like November, December. And my friend asked me, was like, hey, like, what do you think of this? And I read it the first time. I was like, whew, that's going to take some reflection. And I sat down to think about it and journal about it. And it described my relationship with mass perfectly and going to church. Because I was, you know, going to church in Dayton for four and a half, five years and I got the chance for a year to go to different masses every month all across the country and experience new things. And it was only when I came back and started going to daily mass for like four months that like I actually like was able to prayerfully enter the mass and have it mean something to me. You know, 23 years later, this thing my parents had been dragging to me for 18 years meant something to me and became personal. Um, and so maybe that is going to church for you. Maybe it is praying the rosary. Maybe it is reading scripture every day. Maybe it's going to Serenity Pines, you know, three or four times a week. You know, whatever that routine is that you can center in on and, you know, find, you know, a relationship with God and then kind of take a step back out of it and place yourself in a larger community, it can really like, I don't know, it's hard to describe and put into words, but it really changed my relationship with God in a really good way. And this was, this was the ending point. I wanted to end on this for this uh, section, which I just saw at the bottom, um, was the, um, the passage um, in Luke chapter two, where Jesus is lost in the temple and Mary and Joseph, um, they just, uh, went to Jerusalem and they're traveling back and they've been in the caravan for a few days and they're like, where's Jesus? And they're like, he's not here. So then they go back to Jerusalem and they try to find him. And uh, the verse that really struck me um, is when they do find him in the temple and what he says to them. And, and he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? but they did not understand what he said to them. And that was another passage that kind of stuck out to me and, you know, kind of hammered in what going to church meant for me because I was like, you know, maybe I'll find God in all these other things, but maybe I should just, you know, try to find him where I'm familiar with and that I've been doing for my entire life and maybe just a look a little bit harder and a little bit differently, and I'll find them there. Man, I've been talking for a long time. <laughs> so, wrapping up. Um, so hopefully, one of these relationships stood out to you. And the important thing to keep in mind is that 
while you might be in college and, you know, I kind of tailored these kind of relationships to the college experience, they are nowhere near just unique to the college experience. You know, when you graduate, which you will graduate, you know, don't, don't, don't have the delusion that you'll never graduate, even though it can seem so good at some times, that you're still going to have these types of relationships. You're going to be in a larger community. I work for the University of Dayton now. You know, it means a different thing to be part of the University of Dayton community to me. You know, I have my roommates still. I still have one-on-one relationships, but they are completely different and they're still going to evolve. And maybe when you graduate, you'll get a new job and move somewhere and you're going to have to establish completely new relationships. And maybe you can you know, apply some of the things I talked about, I'm not going to rehash my entire 30-minute spiel, you know, to those relationships. And um, the big thing is one of my friends, I was, because I graduated in December 2020, I was a semester behind all my roommates I lived with because I was an engineer. And I was talking with one of my friends who had joined the Navy, and he said, oh, just because you graduate doesn't mean the life decisions get any easier. Because, you know, you think like, oh, like, I just need to graduate and, like, find a job, and that's it. And he's like, they only get harder. And I found that to be very true over the past year. And hopefully building relationships, you know, either one-on-one with a best friend or a significant other or your parents or finding a group of people that you can call your brothers and sisters or maybe a larger community, when you have those big life decisions about where am I gonna move or who am I gonna marry or what job am I gonna take, you know, you'll have a community and a family to surround yourself with and talk to and navigate life through and maybe it will just make a little bit easier and maybe God will be there with you and maybe you'll realize he's there the whole time, maybe it'll take you five years, you know, You'll find yourself in a good place, even if sometimes it can seem terrifying and the floor is falling out from under you. So that's all I have to say. Thank you for listening to our Agape Latte podcast today. Agape Latte is sponsored by Campus Ministry and the Office for Mission and Rector. 